everybody, how's it going? This is Hub, and welcome back to another episode of Titan Up the Defense, a podcast that would likely benefit from a tagline. As I believe I just mentioned, I'm Hub, and I'm so happy to be talking to you on what has been a lovely day thus far. I'm in a pretty good mood for a few reasons. First of all, it was sunny for a change, which doesn't happen in Portland all that often at this time of year, and when it does makes you realize... My golly, I guess it had an effect on me that I haven't seen the sun in the last six months. So that's been nice. One of the other things that was really nice was I'm a big fan of Tribe Called Quest and had been meaning to get their latest album for a while. Finally decided, you know what, I'm going to treat myself. Went down to the local music shop, picked myself up a copy of the CD, listened to it all day. It was great. Then when Lisa gets home, she tells me, Hub, I got you a present. It's like, oh, that's nice. And she had gotten me the most recent Tribe Called Quest album on vinyl. And I was like, oh, that's incredibly sweet. I actually just bought myself that CD today, but I'm totally glad to have both because I've got a CD player in the car and I love albums. There's something about having the artwork be full size and just holding it in your hand that the feeling is just not the same. Uh, so I was like, I'm really stoked to have both. I What made you decide to get me the, the album instead of the CD? And she, it turns out, had been to the same store that I had bought myself the CD at, but I had bought the last copy. So she wanted to still get it for me, so she got it for me on vinyl. So it was just a weird coincidence. What's kind of funny is I had later been telling someone that story and was like, oh, so, you know, it's like a real gift of the Magi story. And then I thought about it and I was like, actually, if I'm remembering my O. Henry correctly, I don't believe the thrust of the story was, I cut off my hair and sold it to buy you this fob for your beloved pocket watch. Oh, neat. I also bought a fob for my pocket watch. Now I've got a really long fob for my pocket watch. Sweet. Although that would also be a good story. Maybe not as good. The one-sided gift of the Magi, who was very appreciative, but didn't get the other Magi anything. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it. Not, not so pithy. Anyway, we are once again going to be delving into the Avengers Defenders War, and there's plenty to cover, so tell you what. Without any further ado, let's ado this. Today's synopsis rhyme is submitted by Noah Banner Bain. Thanks, Noah. If you're feeling blue because you don't know where your hops is, call a friend with beer, then enjoy the synopsis. Thanks, Noah. And today we are covering our first Avengers issue of the Avengers Defenders War. Avengers number 116, October 1973. Betrayal. Written by Steve Englehart. Drotted by Bob Brown, with inks by Mike Esposito. Defenders Roll Call. Doctor Strange. Namor the Submariner. The Incredible Hulk. Valkyrie. The Silver Surfer. Hawkeye. And the assembled Avengers are... Captain America. Mantis. Black Panther. Iron Man. Thor. The Vision. Scarlet Witch. And Swordsman. Previously in the Avengers Defenders War... The Defenders had recently returned from a strange dimension when they stumbled into a mystic realm. Typical. Well, in the realm, they met up with Dane Whitman, the Avenger known as the Black Knight. Things went poorly for Dane, and Asgardian supervillain, the Enchantress, turned him into a statue. Bummer. Steve Strange grabbed the Black Knight statue and brought it home with him so as he could try to figure out a cure for being a statue at his leisure. After eight or nine months, the Avengers finally noticed Dane wasn't around and decided to go looking for him. They ran into an inbred troglodyte named Skull, who informed them that Doctor Strange and some costumed pals had carried the Black Knight off somewhere. Suspicious. Meanwhile, the flame-headed extra-dimensional menace, the Dread Dormammu, rescued the recently blinded Norse god of lies, mischief, and or evil Loki from falling off a cliff and asked him if he wanted to be super evil best pals. The down-on-his-luck deity of dishonesty agreed, and the two started scheming. Dormammu wanted to invade the Earth real bad, but he had made a promise that he wouldn't, and a promise is a promise. Thing is, if he can trick someone into reconstructing a device called the Evil Eye, then said Evil Eye could be used to expand Dormammu's dimension so much that it would envelop the Earth's dimension, and then Dormammu wouldn't need to invade the Earth because he'd already be there. Or something. Loki reckoned that sounded like a fine plan and he had just the patsies in mind for the job. The Defenders. 
The pair of pernicious pals scampered off to the nameless dimension where the Black Knight's soul had been hanging out ever since his body got all statue -y. When Steve Strange sent Dane a mystical telegram asking how he's doing, the evildoers intercepted the magical missive and altered it to instruct Strange that reassembling the aforementioned evil eye would be a swell way for disembodied Dane's soul to get back into his body. The fiends! Don't they know that tampering with the mystical mail is a federal offense? After receiving the tampered telegram, the defenders decided to assemble the evil eye and de-statuify their stony acquaintance at any cost. At that moment, the Avengers were headed to Steve's Sanctum Sanctorum to demand answers from the mysterious magician. Gadzooks! Will the two teams, or non-teams as the case might be, of mighty superheroes take a few minutes to have a brief discussion and iron out their possible misunderstanding? Now that their best bad guy buddies having a sleepover in a nameless dimension, will Dormammu French braid Loki's shitty ponytail? And will the Silver Surfer get a chance to practice some more of his special brand of Prebo as colonial anthropology? Stay tuned to find out! Okay, so... Of course not. There's a reason the story arc isn't called The Avengers Slash Defenders Reasonable Conversation. Although I would totally read that comic book. Sadly, no. Although, I would not be too surprised if one of them put the other's hand in a bowl of warm water once they fell asleep. And... <sighs> yup. Will somebody please teach that shiny asshole the Prime Directive? Anyway, the Avengers show up at Steve's door to demand answers. Unfortunately for them, Steve isn't feeling particularly sociable right then, because as soon as one of them touches the doorknob, some sort of spell is activated and they all go flying backwards a couple of blocks. Handy spell. I guess that's probably a bit more effective than a no solicitors sign. The Avengers are not long deterred, and Thor storms back and starts pounding on the door. Wong answers, and politely tells them that Steve has asked not to be disturbed, and would they mind all fucking off please. Then he closes the door in their faces. Nice. Never one to take please fuck off for an answer, Thor does what superhero teams do best and busts through the door Kool-Aid Man style. At which point Wong threatens to fight the Avengers. All of them. Damn Wong, you're a badass. Unfortunately, Mantis uses her kung fu and throws Wong into a wall. Boo! Then Steve's get off my lawn spell kicks back in and the insistent intruders once again go flying but not before they get a peek at the petrified body of one of their former teammates that Steve has chilling in his den. Uh-oh. That doesn't look so good. More convinced than ever that Steve has used some kind of a flesh-to-stone spell on their erstwhile comrade the Black Knight, the Avengers head back to their mansion to regroup. Meanwhile, in Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum, the Defenders are blissfully unaware of any attempted intrusion as they plan the retrieval of the Evil Eye component parts. Steve wants a little of the device's recent backstory, so he gazes into the mystical Eye of Exposition, er, Agamotto, and has it fill him in. Turns out the evil eye used to belong to a 13th century king dude named Prester John, who fell asleep for 700 years, then woke up grumpy and fought the human torch. The torch yoinked the eye from the sleepy sovereign and was fixing to use it to shatter some kind of barrier that was imprisoning his then gal pal crystal. Cool plan. Only thing is, the evil eye was overcharged with power and was about to go off like an atom bomb. So, the Human Torch's dope-ass pilot-slash-football star pal Wyatt Wingfoot used a special gun to shoot the eye out of the hot-headed hero's hands moments before it exploded. The eye went boom and broke into six pieces scattering itself around the globe. And then Prester John went on to star in the ill-fated MASH spin-off Prester John M.D., until low ratings forced him to take another 700-year nap. Sorry. Anyway, the fragments of the eye are now in, respectively, Los Angeles, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Monterey, Mexico, Osaka, Japan, Rurutu, French Polynesia, and Sucre, Bolivia. Apologies for the pronunciations on that all around. I'm actually pretty sure I nailed Fort Wayne, Indiana, but we'll see. The defenders are delighted to note, hey, six pieces, six of us. Neat. And each of them head off to retrieve one of the Horcruxes. Or whatever. Meanwhile, in a distant nameless dimension, things aren't going so great for the new super evil best buddies power couple of Loki and Dormammu. See, Loki keeps saying, Hey, good buddy Dormammu, wouldn't it be rad if you fixed up my peepers so as I could see again? You know, like you said you would? Wouldn't that be cool? And Dormammu's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll totally do that later, but right now I'm busy strutting like a peacock. Look at me go. Wee! Loki's pretty over that shit and starts to think, hey... I bet if Dormammu takes over the whole universe, he'll probably take over Asgard, too. And I wanted to take over Asgard. All my favorite stuff is there. I'm starting to think that maybe, just maybe, putting a power-hungry, self-congratulating, megalomaniacal, orange-headed narcissist in charge of everything might be a bad idea. 
is what Loki thinks uh, about Dormammu. Yeah. So Loki pops into the Avengers mansion to warn them that they should totally stop the Defenders from using the evil eye. Only he leaves out the part where he and Dormammu are behind the whole thing and instead portrays Steve and the Defenders as power-mad supervillains. At first, the Avengers are a little bit wary, but then the Vision points out that Loki is blind now, so they all agree that they should take him at his word. Okay. So... Now they have the vague suspicions of a literal inbred troglodyte confirmed by the accusations of the literal god of lies. They are 100% convinced that Steve and his buddies are supervillains. Cool. Like their Defender counterparts, the Avengers split their party six ways and each head off to pursue a different Horcrux. Most notable for this issue, the Vision and Scarlet Witch jump in a Quinjet and plot a course for Rurutu, French Polynesia. And which Defender is Polynesia-bound? Why, the Silver Surfer, of course. Oh good, the Silver Surfer interacting with a tribal community. This usually goes well. The Surfer is greeted by the Ruruturian... Ruruturin? Ruruturin? Ruruturin natives, who give him the full C-3PO treatment and assume that he is a god. Norrin starts to explain that no, 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 he isn't a god. It just must seem that way to people who are so much less advanced than he is, but he gets distracted by the existence of a volcano and rushes off mid-conversation. Jeez, Norrin, does everybody on Zen La have the attention span of an Irish setter? Or are you just lucky? Seeing as he never got a chance to finish his I'm not a god talk, the Ruruturians, the Ruruturians, figure that he is probably a god, and run off after him in case they need to make some sacrifices to him. Because it's 1973, and probably they would still do that, right? <sighs> the surfer starts splashing around in the volcano's lava looking for the evil eye fragment. Just then, the Vision and Scarlet Witch show up. The Vision is about to try talking to the Silver Surfer and see if they can work out what's going on. What? A brief conversation that could avoid an unnecessary conflict brought about by a misunderstanding? What an idea! Why, that's so crazy it just might work. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the Surfer decides to choose that moment to start blasting cosmic blasts at the lava to... Uh... Search better? Seriously, why would you do that? Anyway, the surfer's blasting cosmic energy into the depths of an active volcano turns out to be a bad idea. It causes an eruption of lava that knocks the Scarlet Witch's jet out of the sky, which in turn enrages the Vision. After making sure that an unconscious Wanda is relatively uninjured, the enraged Vision finally gets his crossover on, misunderstands the situation, and attacks the Silver Surfer. As the Synthesoid and the Surfer slug it out in the crater of the volcano, the Ruruterans reckon that the volcano god they just met must be pissed off that they haven't made a sacrifice to him yet. Luckily for them, they stumble across an unconscious lady wearing an M-shaped hat and some lingerie. What luck! They drag the knocked-out Scarlet Witch into the path of the lava flow and run for it, assuming that her death will appease the angry shiny god. Because, once again, this is 1973, and I'm sure Steve Englehart did some extensive ethnographic research. Right? Back in the volcano, the titanic tussle between the two powerful humanoids has jarred loose the evil eyepiece from wherever it was hiding. The malicious MacGuffin goes flying into the air and both heroes fly towards it at full speed. It looks as though the vision has the advantage when suddenly the striving synthesoid notices that a stream of lava is headed directly towards his still sleeping lady love. The amorous android breaks off his pursuit of the evil eye and instead opts to rescue Wanda. The silver surfer swoops up his prize and begins his flight back to the Sanctum Sanctorum bearing with him two important items, the fragment of the evil eye and the news that the Avengers are now the Defenders' mortal enemies. Um, yeah, I guess that's important and all, and you want to get the Black Knight fixed up and everything, but maybe you could take a second to rescue those island natives from the wave of lava you're blasting just sent towards them? No? You sure? Damn it, Norrin. To be continued. And joining us once again is my good for many things brother, Corey. Corey, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I am also well. Good. So, what'd you think? Um, I don't know. For so much happening, not as much as I expected to happen, happened. That's a lot of happening in a sentence, dude. Uh, I kind of know what you mean. It's interesting pacing on it, but we are definitely underway in the De Avengers Defenders War. There is no more pussyfooting around on this one. <laughs> no, indeed. 
I really enjoyed this. It was just, it was fun. It was light. It was pretty stupid, but in a way that I really enjoyed. And there was a lot of fun stuff that happened in it, which I'm excited to talk about. Mm -hmm. I will say, I just want to get it out of the way at the top. I think I mentioned this in the last episode that we covered of them. I am not a particular fan of Bob Brown's art. It's pretty clunky looking, and a lot of things look silly that I did not expect to look silly. Like what? Well, this is not specifically Mr. Brown's fault, but here's the thing about cartoon representations of eyes. Oh. You cannot turn them sideways. <laughs> mm. Because when you have a cartoon representation of an eye and you turn it sideways, it becomes a cartoon representation of a vagina. Mm -hmm. And that happens kind of a bunch in this issue. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's why I laughed when you said pussyfooting. Yeah. There's, in Portland, there is a optical clinic that makes this mistake as well. <laughs> It's, I forget what it's called, but their logo is like, oh, we don't have room to put the, uh, the eyeball symbol in this horizontally. Yeah, we'll just switch it vertically. Big mistake, guys. Yep. Every time I walk by that place, I'm like, oh, it's the, it's the cartoon vagina store. And they don't sell cartoon vaginas there. No matter how politely you ask. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> Very. <laughs> that fact has been made quite explicit. Ah. Uh. I should think so. Yeah, other than that, there is a bunch to talk about in this issue. We get finally what the setup is. They hinted at, oh, there might be some conflict set up between them. The Avengers decide that it's been about a year since they've seen their pal the Black Knight. And now all of the sudden, it is very imperative that they find him immediately. Go over to Steve Strange's house. At first, they don't even get a chance to knock. They just, like, touch the doorway and... Boom! They all go flying for blocks. I want that at my house. Telemarketer. I mean, uh, not telemarketers. <laughs> Wait, you could do you that to them, You get very aggressive telemarketers, Corey. They come to your door? Like, I'm calling you from your porch. <laughs> no, uh, you just in their chairs at their... At their offices? At their if they offices. called you, then it would do that? Yeah, just... Boom. You could just not answer the phone. I actually don't really get that anymore now that... Now that it's Cell all phones. cellular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of miss that. I, I used to like fucking with telemarketers, which <laughs> is, is, I know they're just doing their job, but I... What did that guy call you? A jerk I, or an idiot? You're going to have to... <laughs> you're going to have to be more specific. The guy, uh, the guy you said you were capricious. Oh, yeah. That guy called me an idiot. When I was at work one time, I had a guy call me the F word. Just, you're a fuck? No, no. The bad F word. If it was fuck, I would have just said fuck. The, oh. the gay slur. Oh. He called me, uh, <laughs> he, he called my work and wanted to speak to the owner. And the owner wasn't there. And I said, can I tell him what this is regarding? And he goes, uh, yeah, it's about his business. And I was like, oh, okay, I see how this is going. <laughs> um, and so the guy wouldn't tell me his name, so I'm not going to pass along any message. But I figure, all right, I'll just get this fucking out of the way. So I say, okay, well, what's, what's the number? Okay, and what's the message? And then he was like, oh yeah, read me the number back. And I was like, I'm afraid I can't do that. And he's like, why not? I was like, because I was only pretending to write it down. Mm. And then he said, oh, I see. This is how you slur mm. in Portland run a business, huh? Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm sorry. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other guy just called me an idiot. Oh. Yeah. I've had some weird phone interactions. Mm. I guess in retrospect, I don't really miss them all. I wouldn't think so. No. It sounds unpleasant a little bit. No, that one was unpleasant and just very surprising. And just like, oh my goodness, you are very bad at your job. Mm. What were you talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve's security system. Yeah. That, sh that shit is rad. Yep. Yeah. Touch the doorknob. Go up fly. Up in the sky. Yeah. So the Avengers don't care for that. That's understandably, I guess. It is understandable, but I gotta say, I know, we're covering the Defender series. I'm more emotionally invested in these guys. But as much as I, as shit, as I give Steve Strange and now that Hawkeye's with them, obviously, the Avengers seem like a bunch of dicks. Mm -hmm. I am not on board with those guys. I, I'm, I'm definitely, it is cementing my opinion that I'm a Defender's guy. Is that a thing? People have a... I don't one, know. One's better? <laughs> They're in a war. Probably you got to pick a side. You don't have to. I guess that's true. I did. Did you? No. You're just waiting to see how things unfold. You don't care who wins? Like Switzerland. So you're just hoarding Avenger gold? I knew that was coming. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, wait. Oh, fuck. As, not as a nation, Switzerland is fine in general, but I'm saying that in that specific category. That. We have some listeners in Switzerland. I'm sure you are not hoarding Avenger gold. <laughs> Way to backpedal. Thank you. No problem. <laughs>
No, I, like you said, emotionally invested in the guys we've been reading about, so yeah. naturally you want them to... But, be, like, re- really, like... I just want people to sort the shit out, though, because one thing that drives me crazy, and I know it's a plot device that all kinds of things use, is there's a misunderstanding, and it causes conflict, and then... And it's immediate, and a conversation would settle things. Bugs the shit out of me. Yeah. But the Avengers show up, and once they get blown away, then they're just like, fuck this, we have a right, we have to enter that house immediately, we need to find out what's wrong with the Black Knight, who's been missing for over a year while we didn't do shit. But right now, it's very important that we don't make a phone call, we don't send a letter, we don't send a telegram, we bust into this dude's house. Maybe they did try and send those things first, and Strange also has (laughs) what I was talking about. It could be. It could be. It's like the guy that the Avengers have make their phone calls. <laughs> they just got thrown out of his office. And you're like, whoa, what happened to Bob? He's in the hospital. That could be. All right. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. There is a very funny panel where Thor goes to knock on the door and it looks like he's using a shake weight, which makes it also look like he is performing air fellatio. Um, oh, shit. That do you know the one I'm talking I, about? I do, exactly. Yeah. It struck me as very funny. But then they get in the door and Wong answers the door and Wong looks so fucking blazed. Or sleepy. Or, I mean, honestly, what is probably going on is it is a very poorly drawn attempt at drawing a person of Asian descent. Yeah. But he just looks baked out of his mind and handles things. I love Wong in this issue. He's like, hey guys. He's like, he (laughs) shows up, he's like, hey guys. Sorry. Steve doesn't want anybody to bug him right now. So, go away. Closes the door. Thor's like, verily, fucketh that. <laughs> Fucking he does not like Kool-Aid it. mans his way through the door, I guess past the defense barrier magic thing for a second. And Wong is like, oh, all right. Guess I'll have to handle this the old-fashioned way. I'm going to beat you all up. Mm-hmm. This is what I love about Wong. They're the fucking Avengers. He's got to know who those guys are. They're super famous. It's Thor, Captain America, Scarlet Witch, Vision. We got Black Panther also, and then Mm. probably less famous than them are Swordsman and Mantis. But Wong's just like, all right, I guess I'll beat you all up. And he gets kung fu'd pretty quick by Mantis. Yeah. But still, I love that he's just like, all right, here's how it's going. Let's throw all of the Avengers. Right out. Fortunately, right after... Mantis kicks him, then Steve's device or magic kicks in again, and they all go flying again. Uh, And this time they're just like, okay, that's not going to work. And Thor just yells at the building and shakes his fist. Yeah, he was mad. He was mad and he shook his fist. (laughs) He didn't go full shake weight with it this time. But Thor does not come out of this looking particularly good. Nope. He comes out of it even worse when all of the Avengers decide, you know who seems trustworthy as a source of information? Loki. God of lies and mischief. Yeah. If he says something, I guess we will just take it that that is what is happening. But he's blind, so therefore trustworthy. Yeah! What the fuck? Yep. Give him a chance. He's blind. <laughs> that, is absolute, that is how Vision presents the thing. Mm-hmm. Is Thor's just like, we can't listen to Loki and Vision, who is described as being more logical than all of the other Avengers, maybe too logical, says, Thor, he's blind. Obviously, he's telling the truth. <laughs> So you asked me when I was reading this earlier what what cracked me up. Yeah. Part of it is due to visions, the color of his his getup, which uh-huh. is like the Rasta colors. I was imagining him <laughs> saying everything in a Jamaican <laughs> accent. I never thought of that. I never saw his... Oh, man. Which, you know, because I'm so good at accents, I'm not going to try that. But... You know what? If in Terminator... They can have a robot program to speak with a Austrian accent for no goddamn reason. Mm-hmm. I don't see why a synthesoid would not be programmed to speak with a Jamaican patois. The most logical. <laughs> that was very good, Corey. Thank you. Um, well, and also what he says reminded me of another Jamaican-inspired music. It reminded me of a special song, mm. the Are You So Blind That You Cannot See? <laughs> And from the free Nelson Mandela song. Sure. Which that lyric always cracked me up. It's like, are you so blind that you cannot see? It's like, it's got it, it from it's blind, buddy. Literally <laughs> what it means. Yes, I am in fact that blind. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I can see that they want me to free Nelson Mandela. It's a weird thing, though, because, yeah, when you say that, you want to say blind is a condition like uh, pregnancy. Like, you can't be a little bit pregnant. You're right. It's binary. Right. But... 
you know, there's that whole legally blind thing. Sure. And there's legally blind, which is a pretty good movie. Surprising. You know, I still haven't seen that. It's honestly not bad. Legally Blonde 2, not good. They went ahead and made her dumb, which was not the point of the movie. Right. Um, she she was uh, naive and kind, but not dumb. And then they went ahead and just are like, oh, probably she soups dumb. But she wasn't. Anyway, problems with the movie Legally Blonde <laughs> 2 aside for now. So Legally Blonde that you cannot see. <laughs> You're right. There are, and there's colorblind, but without a modifier, there is a standard that if somebody says blind, then it is assumed that they cannot see. If you just say, are you so blind? Yeah, and if the song had added legally, yeah, <laughs> it just wouldn't sound as good. No, that's true. It's also, I have come to the realization relatively recently that, for the most part, lyrics are really dumb. Just like song lyrics in general. Less so with rap music, honestly. I mean, there are certainly some of those that are dumb, but that's actually more of a sign of it being a bad song. Mm-hmm. Most rock lyrics are, if you think about them, pretty dumb and it doesn't have to ruin the song for you Mm -hmm. that was had always been my big knock against the doors which i still stands and i still it's the being pretentious about the lyrics is the problem but like i was like yeah those lyrics are really dumb you know what else is really dumb pretty much every rock lyric and it's fine curtis mayfield who i love one of my favorite recording artists maybe my favorite recording artist honestly on one of my favorite songs has some of the dumbest lyrics freddie's dead the lyrics to that are really so simplistic and pretty dumb and he also has a song that starts off with him saying i've been all over the world and i've found that the oppressed have it the worst all over yeah that's true curtis you know what i i'm a big appreciator and i pay a lot of attention to lyrics Mm -hmm. but at the same time i'm i'm not bothered by stupid lyrics if the song is good yeah to quote a song that I like, sung by The Rock. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that is fair. To quote another song that I have been listening to pretty much on repeat by Audio 2. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> oh, it seems we're in consensus. <laughs> Agreed. We're going to listen to that song later. Very well. Probably both of them. Fair enough. What were we talking about? Haven't the foggiest. Fair enough. The vision. Yes, and his, <laughs> his Jamaican accent. And the fact that... The most he, logical. He's the most logical of the Avengers. Can't you see that he can't see? <laughs> I'm going to look up the exact line because it was silly. In that panel, Thor looks so angry. Well, he's talking with Loki, which I got that that's aggravating. I mean, you and I don't know what it's like to have a brother who can be very aggravating. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Neither of us have ever experienced that. No. No, Thor. Don't you see that he can't see? Hear him out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Vision. Yeah. Vision. (laughs) Hmm. So much logic. Mm. So much logic in one synthesoid. I'm still mad at Thor, though, because he should know better. He's the one who, they've all had a lot of experience with Loki being a douche. Loki was the first villain that the Avengers fought when they were assembled. Mm. And, I mean, Thor was there, Iron Man was there. I think that's of the of the roster right now. Those are the only two original Avengers. But they know that you can't trust Loki, regardless of whether he can see or not. I know. I was disappointed. But I do kind of like what happens next, because then... Loki is like, oh, I could just tell him what's going on. I kind of like the journey that Loki went on very, very quickly here to just being like, oh, shit, I'm a fucking moron. Mm-hmm. Dormammu doesn't have my best interests at heart. <laughs> I keep asking him to let me see again, and he keeps saying, I'm busy strutting right now. I'll do it later. Honest, honest, mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, oh, oh, no, I'll totally give you your vision back. I'm a little bit busy hanging out, doing nothing in this dimension right now, where we're the only two people. So enraptured is he by his strut, his own strutting around like a peacock mm-hmm. that he doesn't notice that of the two people that are hanging out alone in this dimension, one of them takes off for a little while. Yeah, Loki's just like, <laughs> fuck this shit. Loki just dips, and uh, I think he says he's sending a projection, so maybe his body's just sitting there not doing shit for a while. I like to think that he just left for a minute and that Dormammu didn't notice because he was just had his hands on his hip and was sassily peacocking <laughs> around thinking, I'm great. I'm going to rule all the dimensions. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think exactly that is what was going on. I'm pretty sure. Even Asgard. Yeah. I like that when Loki describes, because he does the best, the, the thing that liars do best, which is use elements of the truth and find the pieces that make sense when he is telling his lie. He paints the defenders as being villains. And reminds them of their encounters they've had with these people in the past that have frankly, by and large, not gone well. Doctor Strange has always been mysterious, which people will always fear and distrust. Mm. So he manages to turn them against him pretty easily. Then you got, now, the Hulk, he's always going on rampages. You've all had to fight him before. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, Last time they fought Valkyrie, she was not really the Valkyrie, but was Enchantress. But they only know her as a villain. Yep. So, okay. Uh, Namor. He's always trying to kill all of the surface dwellers. Now, he does it charmingly, but I get that they're not super down with that. Mm -hmm. And then Silver Surfer, I guess, has gone on some, uh, you know, he tried to bring Galactus here to eat our whole planet. That's not the best. He's imprisoned. He's rebelling. He's had a coke problem in the past. Iceberg smashing. He's got it behind him now, maybe. Uh, (laughs) But, you know. Yeah. And then... And they're like, okay, yes, these people are all potential villains. And they're like, and, you know, Hawkeye. And their response is, Hawkeye? Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Which is yeah, actually no, out of the bunch. That was the part that I really yeah. liked. That when you get to the end, and it's like, and your former compatriot Hawkeye is like, Hawkeye? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hawkeye. Okay, you got us. Yeah. But the evil eye has been split into six different pieces because Wyatt Wingfoot shot it out of Human Torch's hand, which caused an atomic bomb-like explosion. Probably was Prometheum. My neighbors are playing a recorder. What a treat. Speaking of those... That's partly what the handle of the evil eye yeah, looks like. It's like it's like a fake vagina taped onto a recorder. <laughs> I wrote down at best, um, like a toilet plunger. Yeah. At worst, like a extremely overused flashlight. Yeah. Yeah, that taped is taped to, to, to a, a recorder. recorder. Yeah. Gross. But what's weird about it is that's what the assembled evil eye looks like. Mm-hmm. When it breaks out into, when it's broken down into its six component parts, each of those six component parts is a smaller version of that. So I guess when you jam three, six things that all look exactly alike into each other, they just become a bigger one? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. It was also, it had been uh, previously owned by a guy named Prester John, who when I first read that, I was like, wait, from MASH? And I had to remember that that was Trapper John. Oh, okay. As played by McLean Stevens. But no, Prester John Mm. was in the Middle Ages. He was a dude who ruled a fictional Christian kingdom that was in the middle of the Middle East. That they're like, no, and he's going to come and help us out in this... In this crusade business, just you wait. So, there's that. But I think he was also in the Marco Polo series. I did not recognize the name. Yeah. And you also didn't think he was the guy from MASH? No. No, Okay. I got that figured out. Well, I guess that was just on me then. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they get all of that information about the Evil Eye's backstory from Steve Strange gazing into the Eye of Exposition. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good name for it. That's what I think I'm going to call the Eye of Agamotto from now on, because that's mostly what he uses it for. I mean, that and his, you know, joining his different men's rights activist groups. But so it's it's split off. So six six defenders, six pieces. Mm -hmm. Six was apparently a very mystically significant number for the magical kingdom of Avalon that Prester John ruled. Mm-hmm. Which Avalon is normally what I'm is the, supposed to be the mystical realm that some shit took place in in yeah. King Arthur stuff. Arthurian, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And uh, Prester John is dressed kind of knightly. Like... He's dressed kind of knightly, kind of kingly. Kind of who? Oh, I'm not saying slang for king, although I like that. Kang, <laughs> Kang. He's a Kang. Now, Kang the Conqueror is a Marvel bad guy who's from the future. Oh, he's a real dick. Mm. Yeah, but he's dressed kind of like that. But yeah, he's dressed kind of knighty. Looked like one of the knights from the uh, Monty Python Search for the Holy Grail movie. Yeah, I think King Arthur gets conflated with crusadery shit a lot, which originally his origins were from Welsh mythology. But I can't, I can't get into it. It's too much. That's it's not. too much. Okay. Okay. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating. I'm sure of it. Did I tell you how pissed off I was when I tried to read the John Steinbeck book of Arthurian legend? I did not know he made such a thing. Yeah, well, here's the thing. He didn't finish it. 
but then they went ahead and published it anyway without putting a big sticker on the front that says not a whole book. Why would you do such a thing? It really pissed me off. It's Whoa. his translation of La Morte d'Arthur. Um, and I freaking love Arthurian legend. And at first I was like, John Steinbeck, that, that's a weird fit. But then I was like, oh, uh, powerful men brought low by evil women. That's pretty Steinbeck. <laughs> and it was actually pretty good. And then about three quarters of the way through the book, it just ends. Like it's right before Lancelot and Guinevere are about to hook up. Mm-hmm. And boom, sorry, no more book. And the last third of it is like an appendix that's all letters written back and forth between him and his publisher saying, think I'm going to finish it soon. Nope. I was so mad. I want you to write an angry letter to the publisher now. (laughs) We're recording a podcast, Corey. In many ways, this podcast is my angry letter to Not acceptable. No, after the podcast, I want you to go sit down and write that letter. (sighs) And I think it would be hilarious. You don't have to send it. I just want you to write it. I'll, you should send it, though. Maybe they'll send you a free book. I like books. With a, with a whole book. like a, It better a be a whole fucking... If they sent me... If I had gotten that letter, I would totally find another book that was only three quarters of a book and send it to me. But I would... Uh, that guy who called you at the bar probably works for the book company now, and he's going to get that and send you... You're, prob- un- you're probably book. right. You know what? Book publishers have had it too good for too long. <laughs> What so were... the evil eye gets split into six parts. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, six parts, six is a magic number, six defenders. Mm-hmm. Same old sixes and sevens. Uh-huh. All the pieces get scattered all over the worth. All over the worth? The earth. All... The I call it the worth uh, because I think of it as the place that Mary Worth lives. That's my shorthand for <laughs> earth. That, yeah. yeah. Uh... <laughs> wow. That's pretty good on the, on the fly thinking. Thank you. So we got um, India? Nope, we don't have India. We've got Indiana. Indiana. That's right. I mix those up all the time, too. They're so similar. <laughs> I know. We got Indiana, Osaka, Japan. Yep. L.A. Yep. Monterey, Mexico. Yep. Uh, Sucre, Bolivia. And Rurutu, French Polynesia. Right. Which we looked up Rurutu. It is a real place. Yep. Lots of volcanoes. I had not been that familiar. Their flag is the dopest flag I've ever seen. It is just... <laughs> it looks like the Polish flag in that it's uh, just... I believe white on top of red, like so it's just bicolor, but then in the middle of it they just wrote the word Rurutu. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that fucking says it all. Deal with it. Nice. This is our <laughs> This is who we are, this is how we do. Rurutu. Yeah. Good for you. If we have any listeners in Rurutu, your, your flag flag's is, rad. Your flag is awesome. Yeah. Um <laughs> We're not joking. We think you're No, it's a really dope flag. I'm all about it. So each of the defenders heads off to different places to get a different piece of the Eye of Agamotto. Yep. And because Loki filled him in on what's up, sort of. I mean, obviously, he lied. Despite the fact that he's blind, he lied. Somehow. Yeah, I don't know how he managed it. Normally, you need really good vision to lie. Well, I guess that's why he's a god. Mostly, they just... Kind of willy-nilly, you're like, okay, you go here, you go here, you go here. With the exception of Captain America said, I haven't been to Japan since World War II. I'll go there. He's the only one who takes it as like, I'd like to do some sightseeing. (laughs) I haven't been to Japan in a really long time. I'll go check it out. You know what? Good for you, Cap. When you get older, you get some perspective on these things. He's a very old man, and he'd like to check out some shit. I was wondering if he's ever... A little bit jealous of uh, the wings on Thor's helmet because his head wings are so tiny. Probably, yeah. That's imagine how jealous they'd both be of the wings on oh, Hippolytus. Yeah, battle armor. Yeah, that shit was dope. That shit was the dopest. Yeah, I never noticed that they both like. I never thought of it in terms of they both have head wings. And yeah, his are really tiny. My guess is that Thor made his after he saw Captain America. Oh, that's a like, good idea. I'm a lot better than him, so. <laughs> I'd wink mine 100 times bigger. <laughs> exactly. I bet they both got the idea from Namor's foot wings. Mm-hmm. It makes sense for an ankle wing to be tiny. You don't want that messing yeah, things up. Yeah, it's getting in the way, man. Yeah. As it is, you can only wear ankle socks, which drives me fucking crazy. They're fine if you don't wear big shoes, like tall shoes. Big and tall <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I, don't wear big, I, I like to wear big and tall shoes. Yeah, that's true. I shop at the big and tall shoe store. Yeah, it's cool. I'm not shaming. I'm just... Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Swordsman says he has a debt to pay to Bolivia, and, and they all have reasons for where they head off. But basically, Mantis and Black Panther head to Indiana, where... Presumably, they will meet up with Doctor Strange, because he said, when you guys all finish up your shit, I'll go to Indiana. Mm -hmm. Captain heads off to Osaka, Japan, 
where he will meet up with Namor. L.A. is where the Hulk and Thor are headed. That should be fun. Appropriate. Looking forward to that. Yep. Uh, Monterey, Mexico is going to be Val and I think probably Iron Man. It's Val and Hawkeye say they're going south. So one of them is going to Monterey. One of them is going to Bolivia. I'm assuming they want to set up a Hawkeye versus Swordsman conflict. So I'm guessing that Hawkeye and Swordsman are going to Bolivia and Val and Iron Man will mix it up in Monterey. Mm. Which is fair. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Iron Man real quick, he's being a real scully here where he's he basically doesn't believe in magic. He's supposed to be one of the many, like, like five smartest people on Earth. He's best friends with an Asgardian god. He's seen a ton of fucking magic and he doesn't believe in magic. Maybe he's one of those uh, magic is science we don't understand yet people. A real Arthur C. Clarke, eh? Right. All right. I still don't buy it. I, I still feel like at, at that point, it's like the later episodes of X-Files where Scully's just like, sorry, I don't believe in aliens. It's like, you were kidnapped by aliens last fucking week. It was probably weird, though, in her defense. You're weird right. shit it happens. was probably weird. <laughs> when weird shit happens, sometimes you're just like, that was too weird. Didn't happen. No aliens. It's her job. She has, like, that's the great thing about science is that it's all about testing things empirically. And once you experience something, you, you should accept it. Well, Iron Man did call it a repulsor ray. ray. Which it's not. That's what he fires. He thinks everything's a repulsor ray. No, he's just being a... Being a real... Jerk. Jerk. Yeah. You got <laughs> it. An egotistical jerk. Yeah. Boo. Boo, Iron Man. I hope Val kicks his butt. Yeah, good luck in Mexico, buddy. Which brings us to the final confrontation, which is between Silver Surfer and the Vision and Scarlet Witch, as they are both headed to Rurutu. Frustrating. Yeah. How was it frustrating for you? Well, as I said earlier, I'm, I understand the need for it as a plot device, but I'm just very annoyed when violent conflict, which could have been avoided with a simple conversation, takes place. Yes. And this is just one of those things where it just gets out of hand really fast. And it, you know what the problem was? Shooting lasers into a volcano? I don't know. Okay, that's also a problem. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the vision's just too logical. Mm. It gets brought up that he's being too logical because he has a hunch that they should talk things out. Yeah, that's so... It's, okay, they should talk things out. You should find a peaceful solution. <laughs> but Scarlet Witch lays out all of the evidence why she believes that they need to stop the defenders from assembling the evil eye. And then says, but the vision, he's too logical. He just has a crazy hunch that we shouldn't do this. That also drove me kind of crazy. Yep. He does a bad job. Vision. Vision does a bad job, yeah. And the Silver Surfer does a bad job. Silver Surfer also gets C-3PO'd, like, right away when he shows up. Like, he shows up on the island and they're like, oh, shiny dude, you're probably a god. Understandable. He starts to tell them, no, what? No, I'm not a god. I'm just a shiny metal dude who comes from space and has near infinite power. Uh, You're probably not doing a great job convincing them there. Mm -hmm. But then, before he can finish telling them that he's not a god, they say the word volcano, and he just gets crazy. It's like, oh, so you're probably a volcano guy. He's like, volcano, I gotta go. Finish telling them that you're not a god. I know, they were confused. When they were confused, too. and then they try to make a sacrifice to him, and everything goes all higgledy-piggledy. Yep, yep, that's what you get when you don't finish Finish books. your thoughts. Yeah, exactly. It's not my fault I didn't finish the book. There wasn't a book to finish. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I finished reading Lamorte Arthur. Good job. Thank you. I mean, not in the original French. I don't speak French. I retract my compliment. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> what if I just read it without learning French and just sound the whole thing out? A plus. All right, I'll do that later. Yep. That'd be pretty fun. Yep. I'm going to start a new podcast for the the Patreon folks. sound out French that I don't understand. (laughs) You're going to do it with video, though, where you have the faces of French-speaking people listening to you. Oh. There are so many ways they can wince. That's what I will do. After I write a letter to... uh, I don't... I have to look up what the publisher is. That's the first order of business. Yeah. Yep. You give me so much homework, Corey. It's to make you a stronger person. Oh, well, thanks. Sure. Yeah, Vision sets off to go talk to Silver Surfer, but then Silver Surfer can't find what he's looking for, so he starts shooting cosmic beams into the volcano, which sets off a giant eruption. Yeah, whoops. Pretty bad move, Silver Surfer. But also, the Vision sees that the explosion has injured the Scarlet Witch, and he freaks out and is like, Now I have to attack! 
and makes a crazy face about it. Skeletorish. Yeah, kind of skeletory. And decides, oh, now I don't need to talk. Now I'm too angry. Mm. And so I'm, I'm taking my Jamaican patois, which I'm not <laughs> going to attempt to replicate, oh, and tackle the Silver Surfer. Yeah, because I don't see how it could possibly go wrong. Two white dudes attempting a Jamaican patois. What could, what could go wrong? I, I can't imagine. Mm. But you, dear listeners, will have to imagine what almost certainly would have gone wrong. <laughs> They have a pretty big fight. Vision kind of gets his butt kicked, but holds his own pretty good. During that time, the uh, Islanders are like, oh shit, that volcano god guy that didn't finish telling us he wasn't a volcano god, so we're going to assume he's a volcano god? He must be pissed. Ah, look, found an unconscious lady. (laughs) Let's throw her in the lava. That'll fix it. Yeah. Bad job, guys. All around. Visions and Silver Surfer start tussling, both going for the recorder flashlight. (laughs) pink too yeah i know it is why (laughs) bad decisions all around (laughs) there's a moment where they're both reaching for it and then basically vision's like oh shit scarlet witch is in trouble i'll drop this and go pick her up and then uh silver surfer wins the day he's got his sixth of the evil eye now when silver surfer does first show up and he's having his conversation about how he's probably a god he has an interesting conversation with the chief where the chief lays out as his evidence not a god yet you gleam like the seas at midday you fly like the bird of paradise are you not the volcano god okay pretty sure a bird of paradise is a flower also why wouldn't he just say a bird maybe there is a godlike bird on Ruruktu. like a real quetzalcoatl god yeah all right or just like a parrot would be that they call a bird of paradise yeah big tail. Like, crazy pretty yeah, like a flower. It looks A bird that looks like a flower instead of a flower that looks like a bird. There's a lot we need to learn about Rurutu. How oh, about you fly like Rurutu's proud flag? That's a metaphor we can all get behind. Ah. How about it, Chief? Next time, you ready to get into the minutia? Indeed. Hit it, Rick. We got minutia. It's not the biggest part, it's just minutia. Like Cory eating farts, we got minutia. Time to sweat the small stuff. Thank you, Rick. That was lovely, as always. Who do you want to hit first, Corey? Let's uh, mix it up and start with sartorially speaking. All right, sartorially speaking, what would you like to talk about? It came up before, but I'm going to stick with it, and that's uh, Visions Ensemble. That is fair. The Jamaican flag-looking aspects of it? That and... It's a good look. I like the Visions costume a lot. It's almost like a, the little diamond thing on his chest and the way that the peak of his cowl comes down and then there's another diamond thing. It's like very symmetrical, almost mm-hmm. like a Harlequin. Almost like a, a robot. Almost <laughs> like a robot. That's good. It's a good look. It's a, it's a great look. I never much cared for later on they changed it where he gets color wiped and he's all white. Not as much a fan of that. Mm. But yeah, it's a cool look. Uh, I want to talk about the Rurutan natives who appear to be in several panels as though they are wearing jams. Oh, I noticed that too. I was thinking, well, it's an island and there's probably a surf culture there. Sure, sure. But it just, it cracked me up to see them wearing, I think they're supposed to be sarongs and sometimes they are drawn like that. But there are a few panels where it's just like, they're just wearing jams, like like baggy surf shorts. Or like local motion or one of those. Yeah, it could be Ocean Pacific. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah. Also, that interspersed with maybe, was it Brown, uh, illustrator? Bob Brown. Bob Brown. Yeah. Saw a flyer about like one of the, some like a Aztec like fire tourism show on a vacation in Mexico. Corey? Yep. You were on a vacation in Mexico recently. Did you see a thing about fire tourism? I, it sounds way cooler than what I probably saw. Just a brochure for some shit you go see where, where people are dressed up in, you know, old school native garb. Oh, that sounds very uncomfortable. I did not go to this tour, but it looked a lot like what the Rurutan guys were wearing. Do you think maybe they saw Silver Surfer come down and then they're just like, oh shit, uh, guys, get out your quote native unquote costumes. Looks like we got a volcano god on our hands. Yeah, probably going to want to see the feather headdress. And Yeah, I like to believe that's what happened there rather and than... And that's why we saw the... To surf shorts. Right. And that's why they were kind of making fun of him when they're like, oh, but you fly like a bird of paradise. (laughs) I said he flies like a flower. (laughs) Zing. Yeah. I think that's a a lot of 
sartorially to speak about. I think so, sure. Uh, what was your favorite sound effect? Yeah. I think we might have had the same There was ones. a few to choose from. I, I had two of them that I wrote down. There were a few to choose from. What, what ones did you have? When Silver Surfer sends his board into <laughs> Vision to knock him out, it makes the sound. I don't even know how to make this into a sound. It's not a sound. Plow! It plows him over, so it <laughs> says plow. I love it when they do that. When the sound effect is just the actual description of the action that is happening. You, Yeah, you would, you were asking when you were taking your notes, what's the opposite of an onomatopoeia? Yeah. Uh, which isn't quite the opposite of an onomatopoeia, but it's something that I love. They do that sometimes in manga, actually, mm. where I wish it happened way more. I love it whenever that happens. It's hilarious. You did that one time when we were walking. <laughs> And the wind picked up and a bunch of sand got blown and you grabbed your face and you said, Ow, the sand hurts my eyes. Yeah, but that's that would be more like if the wind made the noise of sand in your eye. <laughs> I know, but it's just, you're right. It's not a good... Yeah, that was a show and tell moment, Corey. <laughs> it was still very funny. Yeah, and very real sad. funny. Was real funny. Yeah, clearly. Also, clearly. We're after. very concerned. <laughs> it was... Dude. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> What was your favorite dialogue or captioning that happened in this issue? I liked it when Thor got real mad and said, The God of Thunder shall endure no more. I liked that okay. Was that right before the shake weight scene? I think so. I think it might have been during the shake weight okay. scene. <laughs> that might be why I wrote it down. Cracking me up. I had a few to choose from. I liked Wong's speech that he gave the Avengers. He said, So, if mystical warnings and conversation will not stop your intrusion... Wong shall. Mm. Good job, buddy. It is a good job. Although, Didn't to be out. fair, not conversation. Telling somebody to go away isn't conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, he gave them a reason. Yeah, that's fair. And honestly, he's been hanging out with Doctor Strange a lot. I think that soliloquy is kind of Doctor Strange's version of conversation mm-hmm. or orders. And so, saying what I'm doing is very important. Yeah. You know. But I really enjoyed that. But... My favorite dialogue is one that I think sneaked by the censors, perhaps, and it is on page nine, and it is, surprisingly, Hawkeye. It follows up Doctor Strange saying, Six, the sacred number of half-mythical Avalon. That explains why the constructed evil eye is in six sections, and there are six of us. Hawkeye interjects, Say no more, six fiend. Oh, shit. I was wondering why he said that. Now that I hear it read, I get the joke. Yeah. Say no more, Six Fiend. We'll corral those parts for the Black Knight. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's a pretty good joke. That's not bad, Hawkeye. He actually made me chuckle a little. That's not generally something that Hawkeye has done in these pages, and uh, I enjoyed it. Which character do you think acted most out of character in this issue? Which character said at some point to the audience, apropos of nothing, I just gotta be a sucker? <sighs> I feel like I'm maybe missing an obvious one here. I am going to go with the same character I went with last time, which is Hulk. Okay. Because for no reason whatsoever, they're like, Hulk, we got to go do this shit. And I know you hate everybody that because we did bad shit to you or whatever. But, and he's like, okay, I'll go. Yeah. And then after he says that, like they all convince him that they should go along with the plan. And then Doctor Strange is immediately, all right, behemoth, leap to Los Angeles. Be gone. It's such a dick move. It's yeah. like you just convinced him to be your pal, and then you immediately insult him. They're so mean to Classic him. Steve. That is not Steve being a sucker, because that is very consistent with his character. Absolutely. I went with Thor, because what? Loki shows up, and they are able to very quickly convince him to trust Loki. And that is not a Thor thing. Like, Thor knows that Loki can't be trusted. He's... Kind of dumb sometimes, but he's not that dumb. I feel like he was very begrudging about it, though, because he was super pissed off at first, and then he's like, oh, okay, fine, whatever, guys. Like, But yeah. yeah, he did still listen, and they did go on their rampage. Yeah. Of sorts. I, I, I decided to go with Thor for that reason. Speaking of being dumb, let's go with best defender and worst offender. Let's start with the best defender. Who did you have as your best defender? This was pretty tricky mm-hmm. because... So it's essentially a Silver Surfer versus Vision story. Right. The second half of it. The first part is two teams. It's team. kind of them yeah, like building, building up, up to it. So people didn't really have a chance to shine or, or not. And 
I'm going to say on the basis that he retrieved the sex toy recorder, mm-hmm. Surfer gets the nod. Okay. I went with Wong. Is, can you include the, the help? Oh, Corey! Is that what... That's, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's how Doctor Strange thinks of him. Yeah, that is how Doctor Strange thinks of him, but that's not how I think of him. I don't think of him um, either. I think Wong's pretty, pretty I think rad. he's pretty rad, and it's the Defender's Clause. It's, they're not a team, so... <laughs> I like that. So any heroes cool. who are acting with them count as defenders. It showed incredible so valiance to be like, It really was I, just I'm like, fight. I'm going to fight all of the defenders so that you don't fuck shit up for my boss. Yep, he's got important things He said he's busy. Also, I like to believe that Wong is the one who put the Black Knight statue in the doorway facing out so that the Avengers all saw it when they poked their heads in. Like, not necessarily to taunt them, but it's like, maybe this will scare people off, too. It's a pretty badass statue. Pretty badass statue. They'll take a look. They'll be like, oh, shit, guy with a sword. I'm leaving. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Yeah. So, my choice was Wong. Uh, Worst offender. I don't know if it's allowed, but I'm going to make the same choice as I had for the best uh, defender. It's highly unorthodox, Corey. So, Silver Surfer did a great job getting the stuff back. Sure. He also basically perpetuated his part of this this war by accidentally... Okay, Blasting I'm, around inside the volcano was a dumb idea. I'm not a volcano scientist. Sure. Neither is the Silver Surfer. Clearly. But, <laughs> if I had godlike powers and I was in a volcano, I don't think I would just start shooting shit. No. And I would also maybe finish my conversation telling people that I'm not a god so that they don't go ahead and make sacrifices to me. Exactly. And then also, he's like, oh, that's weird. Vision's attacking me. And he's pretty strong. Yeah, thing is, he would have been fine with the Vision attacking him. The Vision couldn't actually hurt him. All he could do is slow him down a little bit. They could have still had a chat. They could have. That's what I'm saying. He could have. And it just escalated and then things got worse. And then the whole stupid war thing is persisting. I I agree with you. I got a little bit of a swerve here. Hmm. I think that the worst offender in this issue is the Vision. Why? Yeah. So we can pick Avengers because it's the Avengers Defenders War? I think so. I think I'm going to allow it because I did it. (laughs) Good to know. Okay. He did a shitty job. He should have stopped down and had a conversation. He's supposed to be the logical one, even though his logic was following a hunch as opposed to all of the evidence that they had and he is the one who said we can trust this guy because he's blind that was dumb i was super dumb and <laughs> never trust blind people not not <laughs> cory that's not what you're saying <laughs> that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is that blind people are neither more nor less trustworthy than anyone else oh okay cory we've been over this i'm woke as fuck I know, I forgot. And America's Songbird. That that I remembered. (laughs) But yeah, the Vision did a bad job. And he he really fucked everything up. Granted, Silver Surfer also did a bad job. And so my backups were Silver Surfer and then Thor again. But Thor did that Shakeway thing that kind of cracked me (laughs) up. Silver Surfer did get the evil eye, which, well, it is actually counter to their interest. It is his immediate goal. That was the mission. Yeah. And Not easy. He was hidden in a volcano. Hidden in a volcano. Tunneled through the earth to get there. Favorite panel? Uh, we talked about it before. And I'm going to go with page 11. A little number I call Peacock Dormammu. <laughs> Dormammu peacocking around is pretty fun. Yeah, I, I liked that one. I had a couple to choose from. Although, really, not to put too fine a point on it, the art in this did bother me. It struck me as the things that there's an artist called Don Heck that he gets knocked for a lot, I think are much more pronounced in this than in his work. I think my favorite panel is probably on page 22, and it is the Vision making a Skeletor face, and the captioning says, Too much love! Yeah, yeah. And so I called that panel Too Much Love. It's a pretty cool Skeletor face that is being made. You get some extra lines in it that are just like, He's making his uh, taking a difficult poop face, which I enjoyed. And I think that's probably the best panel, but my favorite panel is one of the worst drawn panels. And it's the final (laughs) panel. And it is the Silver Surfer triumphantly returning. And throughout this, the Silver Surfer looks like he is just wearing a Mexican wrestling mask. Yeah, did they draw his eyes? Brown drew his eyes differently than normal? I think so. It just, it's not a good look. He has a couple of different looks in here where he looks like he's wearing 
basically Santos mask because Santos had a silver mask, but he's holding the eye out in front of him. So it looks like instead of one arm, he has a sex toy. And then his other hand, it just looks like all the fingers are broken. Mm. And he's coming right at us with his Mexican wrestling mask and sex toy and broken fingers and saying, we must be ready to fight them to the death. Mm. Disturbing. Quite. And there you have the beginning of the Avengers Defenders War. Heady stuff. Yes. Anything else you wanted to bring up about the issue? I'm pretty sure we covered most of it. And then some. (laughs) (laughs) This was a lot of fun, Corey. Thanks for coming over and talking about a comic book with me. Thank you for having me. If you would like to talk with us about a comic book or anything else that's on your mind, you can reach us at ttwasteland at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at ttwasteland underscore. We are on Facebook. If you could leave us an iTunes review, golly, I'd really appreciate that. We've got a lot of new listeners now, and I really... I'm I'm happy to see that, and I think we owe some of that to the fact that we have had a few new iTunes reviews, so... Yay! Yeah, we've got a lot more listeners than I thought we'd ever have, and I'm so glad to have all of you aboard. And as we get more listeners and more people donating on Patreon, it really does make me want to work harder on the show, and I have been as it's been going on. It's I end up putting probably about twice as much time into each episode as I once did, and I hope it shows in terms of quality, but uh, it really does help motivate me. So keep motivating me, you know? Spread the word. Tell anyone you can about it in any way you can. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you wanted to donate to us on Patreon, it's patreon.com backslash ttwasteland, and... And thanks, we've got some goals up there, we've got some added bonus material, and we'll be doing another uh, bonus episode soon that is just for our donors. But thank you so (laughs) much for joining us. I am, of course, Nathaniel Hubbard, America's Songbird. You know, um... Those aren't (laughs) words, Corey. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) Fair enough. Bye. And they know it. Boom. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't.